I'm so excited to be nominated. It's just an honor to be nominated. Honor to be nominated. Hi, I'm Chandler. I'm Claudia. And I'm Ezra, and you're listening to Honored to be Nominated, a new podcast addressing every film that's ever been nominated for an Oscar. Uh, And this week, we have the unique honor of discussing multiple Academy Award-winning film uh, Bohemian Rhapsody from the year of our Lord, 2018. The year of our Lord. I mean, what's it all about? If you have not had the distinct honor of watching this particular piece of cinematic entertainment, uh, it is, uh, if you haven't seen seen the film, what I want you to do is Google Freddie Mercury, click on the Wikipedia page, read the Wikipedia page, and that's essentially the screenplay of this film, where it is a sort of well, beat except- for beat allegedly recreation of Freddie Mercury, the lead singer of the band Queen, in sort of his journey, except the fact almost all of it's made up. Um, if you can't tell from my tone of voice, this is the worst film I've ever seen in my life, uh, mm. to the point that I refused to rewatch it for this podcast. Um, I have seen it twice. It is a absolute abominable piece of shit that is directed by a pedophile, but we'll get into it. What did you guys think of this movie? Boring. Boring is the only care. word that comes to mind. It was so boring. If, I'm sorry. I just, I just think, don't care. I agree. I don't care. Um, I just think that... So, like, if you if you haven't seen this film, but you have seen literally any other film about a rock band... Literally, if you've seen the movie Spinal Tap, it's the same thing, except Spinal <laughs> Tap is a better movie. Uh, it's the same thing. It's I'm tired of seeing all these films about, ooh, rock stars. They do drugs and drink, and then they... Are mean Wait, and I rowdy, and then that's the whole movie. Like I just, I'm tired of. Can that. I it's literally so read annoying. you a, a quote from my notes? I wrote, Please. "All fucking rock and roll movies are like this." Wow, such a talented kid in a little town with a shitty home life. How will he ever make it? OMG, I love you, but I have to go on tour. It's my big break. JK, I treat cheated on you. I like drugs too. I'm a terrible person, but I was a gift. <laughs> To the music, the end. Literally. Like, literally, that's, that's what this movie is. There, so, th- th- there's a lot to break down. Um, I think the first thing that we need to discuss, and we'll get into what it was nominated for in a second, but just to dispute the entire fucking premise of this film, um, is that, yeah, it is absolutely a rock movie by numbers, except the fact is that they, like, in order to fit it into this, like, really kind of generic uh, outline, they just invent things. Yeah. So, like, the entire last third of the movie is... Freddie Mercury breaks up Queen, becomes addicted to drugs, gets diagnosed with AIDS, reunites Queen, does Live Aid, except none of that happened, except Freddie Mercury did get AIDS after Live Aid. Like, there's really very little evidence that he had a drug problem any more than anyone else who was a rock star in the 70s and 80s had a drug problem. There was, like, Queen never broke up. The tension in the film is invented. Correct. Live Aid was not a reunion, and he didn't find out he he was HIV positive until years afterwards. It's like the and like I'm not one of those people who's like, well, if you're making a historical drama, it must be like a history book. But like, if you're gonna make shit up, at least make it engaging. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's that like that's exactly it. It's just not engaging. Like, sure, if you want to switch the dates and kind of. Uh, what do you call it? Like Fluff twist it. history a little bit. That's fine, like for entertainment purposes. But like this, I feel like just went too far to the point where like I am someone who I, I'm, I don't 
like rock music. Like if it's on, it's it's cool. It's it's there. I'm not. I'm just indifferent right. to it. It's not my. It's not my cup of tea. But like, so I know nothing about Freddie Mercury. I know nothing about Queen. So I'm watching this film and I'm like, okay, I guess this is how Queen happened and how it ended. <laughs> not and then I'm talking with my co-host via Snapchat, and Ezra's like, well, actually, it's the last third is made up. And I was like, really? And then I Googled it. And the first thing, like when you Google it, like Bohemian Rhapsody accuracy, the first article that popped up for me was a Rolling Stones article that like debunks like a third of the movie. It's really sort of like, and we'll get into, this is going to be an eight hour episode. (laughs) Um, Because this movie has more Oscars than Malcolm X. Yeah. But I think that like to go like all the historical accuracy, I think the second time I watched this film, I watched it with my parents um and and my brother because i demanded that they watch it so they had to go through pain with me um and while watching this film uh we dubbed one of the characters the evil gay because he has uh two uh character traits which is that he's evil and that he's a homosexual and that's the only two things you know about that character where there's this this, like guy who comes into freddie mercury's life and is like i'm evil and i'm gay and i'm gonna make you do gay shit (laughs) and it's like deeply deeply offensive because that man was real and like that man had a family and that man is dead now and that man's family was like this is just not what the fuck happened to create a villain out of a random person in order to have this really i think not even borderline, but, like, objectively homophobic narrative that, like, conflates Freddie Mercury's coming to comfort with his sexuality with him becoming addicted to drugs and then makes HIV the punishment for bad behavior would have been politically incorrect when Freddie Mercury was alive. Well, and I I think that, speaking of the historical accuracies and inaccuracies of this, it's very telling to me that, like, even the parts that are historically accurate are are boring and the parts that aren't historically accurate are boring <laughs> so like they give him so i like i understand narratively like i can see that that structurally they're like we should give him aids before live aid so that live aid has like an impact right so like structurally you're like let's do this so it's more dramatic when he goes to live aid like when he says goodbye it's like his last goodbye but like that's right not and that's happens. like the thing but that's not interesting it doesn't like i don't care like i don't give a fuck at this point you've, you've gone through all this and it's like uh, and oh and he has aids and now he's going to live aid and it's like okay but like i also didn't care back when the when the f- music producer was like bohemian rhapsody will never sell and then and then it's a 15 like i think it was literally like a 15 minute scene of just like bohemian rhapsody will never sell when queen's like yes it will but no it won't yes it will no it won't yes it will and it's like too long that that you know that was interesting in the eighth rock movie i've seen but at this point i've seen this exact same scene in every single rock movie about a dumb music producer that doesn't understand music and then like he was wrong and it's like we already know that he's wrong at that point so like i just if you're going to make a historical movie and you're going to add these things, then those you have to understand that those tensions about things that we already know are not as, as interesting. So, like, being like, oh, my gosh, what if Bohemian Rhapsody was never the big thing that it became because this one movie, movie producer? But we already know that it d- does. We already know that Bohemian Rhapsody was the greatest fucking, one of the greatest rock songs of all time. So, it's like, just, that's not a very a interesting scene. Yeah. It's like, just a bad screenplay, so there was no tension. Like, there I, was just no, t- I, like, like he, we already know what's going to happen. And they made Freddie Mercury such, in my opinion, an unlikable character. Correct. Throughout the whole movie. I was just like, oh, you're an asshole. I don't want you to get big, honestly. Like, oh, the band doesn't like you anymore? 
good. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. He was just an asshole for me. There were, like, zero redeeming qualities about him. And, frankly, the actor portraying him was just... Boring. Hot garbage, in my we, opinion. We need to put a pin um, in Rami so Malek because we're gonna come. We're gonna do a whole hour. But I think I think Chandler, what you're saying is really sort of true. Of that, like the only conflict in this film res- revolves around things that you, as the audience, already know. Yeah. And so then it becomes so. There's no tension, and there's like it's not really a story as much as it is just like and like review said this at the time, but it's like a way like a Queen song delivery system. Yeah. And a lot of the like even like. A lot of reviews, even by, like, critics I respect at the time, were like, yeah, but, you know, the final Live Aid scene's really good. The final Live Aid scene is a shot-for-shot recreation of Live Aid that you can watch on YouTube. It's a, like, it's not as if, like, this is, like, you know, like, this is not like Mozart, where it's like, man, what must have been like to watch Mozart perform live? We know what it's like to watch Freddie Mercury perform live. because do it. (laughs) There are lots and lots of videos. In the credits, there's literally clips of him performing live. You, we, and which are yeah. the best parts of that movie is the credits when it's actually videos of Freddie Mercury and Queen performing live. The rest of the like, and so if you're going to make, I understand like historically we know the things that are happening in a historical piece, but you can still make that interesting. For like, I don't want to like yeah. go back to this, but like for example with Netflix's The Last Dance with Michael Jordan, you know that they're going to win six championships. You know the exact championships that they're going to win, but there are still stakes there, and they still are able to keep that attention because they're not focusing on the fact that like are they gonna win and no they're focusing on like like the moments in that, that you don't you as the uh, the audience didn't experience when you're watching it back in the fucking 90s or like even going to a movie we've discussed like malcolm x like we know malcolm x was assassinated but like during that scene you you like hope as an audience member that like somehow he's able to survive or like when he's there bleeding out you're like oh my god please someone rush and save him like that's called fucking tension and there was just zero of it in this movie i think there are two things that before we kind of delve deeper into this like two parts of like the way this movie was made that we need to sort of like put up front um the first being is that i think it's important to recognize that this movie was produced by the two surviving members of queen um and had Mm -hmm. apparently a very hands-on like gave notes on the screenplay things like that um, and so a lot of people have sort of commented that a lot of it is Freddie Mercury as the problem, mm. where it's like, yeah. well, Brian May just wanted to go sort of like do his do his thing, but unfortunately he had to like go deal with this, you know, yeah. person with homophobic subtext underneath that. And so there's and so I think that because like I think that like the other sort of like way the rock movies work, which I also don't find particularly compelling is like oh no the band all hates each other which like and i think what even though i don't think it would have made this movie good it would have been a welcome reprieve if there had been actual like fucking conflict with the band in this movie because as it is it's like everything's fine until freddie mercury gets an idea in his head which like the the scene that i always cite as an example of why this movie is a piece of shit is there's a scene where someone is like freddie you should go solo and he's like go solo i would never and then the next scene he's like time to go solo and you're like when did this like where was this progression? Right. <laughs> right. Well, but also, like, that doesn't mean that, like, Freddie did release a solo album in the, in the 80s, but that doesn't, didn't break up the band. Like, a lot of artists, no. a lot of artists, singing artists have, have a band and they also have a solo album. Like, that's a normal thing that happens. And so, like, that doesn't mean that, like, what? You're going to release a solo album and then break up the band? Like, that doesn't, like, that's not a thing that happens. People have solo albums all the time. 
So I, I think that's the first thing is that this movie is, has a lot of influence from the two surviving members of Queen, and so they come off looking very good. Yeah, I would sure. say in a way that, and so it's a very sort of I think sanitized version of. For example, like there was a big, a lot of controversies that Queen performed in South Africa during apartheid, breaking the um, boycott. Mm-hmm. Um, that was not addressed in the movie at all, right? None of the actual, like, actual discussions and actual questions about Queen were addressed. That's one. Mm. The second thing we need to address is <laughs> the director situation. <laughs> so this movie, pretty infamously, was directed by Brian Singer, who uh, is an American film director, burst on the scene with The Usual Suspects in the 90s, and then directed X1, X2, and then uh, Days of Future Past and Apocalypse. Um, and Superman Returns and Jack the Giant Killer and just a bunch of sort of very big, a lot of very successful movies helped create the modern superhero film as we know it, um, is an openly gay man, um, is also a pedophile. He has, for many, many years, um, there have been stories about him. I first heard of them when I was like 16, um, when we still kept letting him make movies. Um, and then when Bohemian Rhapsody came out, sort of was like post the Harvey Weinstein moment and everyone was like, we can't allow this shit to happen any longer. Um, and there's a really good Atlantic piece about it that I would recommend everyone read. Um, what's interesting is that Brian Singer was fired off of this movie, not because he was a pedophile, <laughs> but because he has a propensity and did this on several of his projects to just not show up to work. Um, the reasons why he doesn't show up to work are sort of fiercely debated. The sort of general consensus that he seems to have some sort of a he claims that his mother is ill and that's why he couldn't show up to set but apparently like we'll just go like days on end with like not showing up to set not letting anyone know where he was it was totally unclear where he was um he did this on x-men days of future past uh and then someone had to essentially shadow direct the movie for him and then they gave him uh another x-men movie and was like make sure you don't do it again and then he did it again and they go okay now we're gonna give you the queen movie and you better make sure you don't do it this time and then he did it again and apparently would get into like huge fights with with Rami Malek, who played Freddie Mercury on set. There was a lot of a lot of tension, and so uh, part of the way through filming, they fired him and replaced him with another director whose name I don't recall, um, who then finished out the film. Hmm. However, due to uh, the, dire- the director's guild uh, qualifications, Brian Singer is the only listed director on this movie. So a lot of people who defend this movie but don't want to defend Brian Singer's terrible behavior will say, well, he didn't really direct the movie, which seems to be true, but also, like, but it's he's the only name. listed director. He, he's the only... This movie was nominated for Best Picture. The only listed director was Brian Singer. Yeah, that's So miss me with that shit. You could very clearly tell that the director of this movie was on drugs and not present. <laughs> like, yeah. very clearly, this is a movie that does not seem directed. There is no direction. <laughs> where you're like what is going on in these scenes yeah yeah so i think i think at that very metric we should you know the the fact that this was directed by by a pedophile with numerous cases against him i think is something that should be said and uh uh an important aspect of this film because it is also incredibly homophobic and biphobic let's let's get into that (laughs) that. So Freddie Mercury, as hopefully you all know, was a very sort of prominent uh, queer icon who died of HIV, as we discussed. Um, There is debate and discussion about whether or not he was homosexual or bisexual. Uh, It seems clear that he had relationships with men and women. Um, Some people claim the issue with like bisexual historiography is that it's always hard to tell were they having sex with women because they were closeted or were they having sex with women because they liked having sex with women. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, the bisexual community is pretty adamant about claiming Freddie Mercury for their own, pointing out that he's like never sort of said he was a homosexual and like seemed very comfortable in having sex with both men and women. Well, let's just address the fact that textually in the fucking yeah. screenplay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. when he comes out to Mary, he says, I think I'm bisexual. Mary, his female partner. And she says, no, you're gay. I'm going to tell you, if you're listening, if someone ever comes out to you as bisexual, that is the last thing you should say to them. You are what you say you are. Period. The end. Like, just if, if, if the, the, the very fact that, 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 that that is handled in that way. And that the fact that we are made to the, made to believe that Mary is right and that he isn't bisexual and that he is uh, gay because bisexual people don't exist. And it's just a phase uh, until you're either until either you decide to be gay or that you realize that you're straight is the most fucking absurd thing in the world because that's the only time he ever yeah. mentions his sexuality he only ever talks yeah. about he only ever comes out and says hey i'm bisexual and then for the rest of the movie they claim him as gay for the rest of the movie well, so, so that's like a huge problem i would say also the fact that rami malek is straight and we're not for playing a queer man is also a huge problem What's the real problem with that is rami malek plays a gay stereotype and wins an oscar for that no chandler we've put a pin in rami malek we're gonna do an hour okay <laughs> we're gonna like we're gonna do and 30 minutes of it's just gonna be on those fucking teeth it's ridiculous. I'm sorry. We'll do it now. But nobody, when watching a movie, was like, if if they if he was just playing Freddie Mercury, not a single goddamn person would be like, oh, but his teeth are wrong. No one would think that. No. no. Looks like he has fake teeth from like a like a one of those uh, quarter machines that you twist the little dial and the fake teeth come out <laughs> and you pop them in your mouth. He doesn't know and how to know, hold I, his mouth. He doesn't, and it's like it, it makes Freddie Mercury look like a like a like a like an ugly hippo. Freddie Mercury was a sexy motherfucker. Freddie Mercury was hot. And and he knew how to carry his mouth when he didn't look like I've got an overbite and I don't know how the thing works. Th- so that's that's absolutely the case. But so even setting aside Rami Malek, I think the movie like I when I saw this movie opening night, this movie I saw this the first showing they had of this movie I was at. I saw it in IMAX. Why? I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and my mother often will talk about having emperor has no clothes moments of being in a situation and wondering, am I the only person who realizes this is bullshit? Mm. (laughs) And I was sitting in this theater during this two hour and 35 minute long fucking movie. Yeah. And it became, and like halfway through, I was like, oh, so this like the two scenes in, I was like, oh, so this movie's bad. Like this movie's just not good. And then like, I texted Claudia and Chandler this, but it's an interesting movie because it oscillates between boring and offensive. And the the movie's going on. Mostly boring. Mostly boring. So boring. And then and then there was a scene where it's Freddie Mercury at the clubs in the eighties doing drugs and having gay sex. And they put under that scene another one bites the dust. And when I tell you that I almost leapt up and screamed in the theater, (laughs) I was like, wait like, not to get too dark after we've talked about pedophilia already, but the HIV epidemic was a fucking genocidal against gay men and allowed by both the Reagan and the Thatcher administrations because they just didn't fucking care. We lost a generation of queer men and queer artists because people just didn't fucking care. And this goddamn movie has the the indecency to put another one... The audacity to put a fucking song called Another One Bites the Dust under a scene of gay men partying. 
implying and that's the I think that is like to me the thesis of the film the thesis of the film is that every time in this movie we see queer joy it's always with an asterisk and it's always like Sure, he's having fun, but we know it's not gonna. And like the entire movie is, don't be too femme, don't be, don't be too flamboyant. Yeah. If you're gonna be gay, be the right kind of gay. Right. Find your one partner and settle down. Cut it is hair. a fucking 199. Yeah, it's like ha- have like 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 have the right hair. You're in a rock band dress. Like there's a scene where his where he gets a haircut and Brian May and uh, Roger Deakins are like not Roger Deakins, whatever the fuck his name, Roger Taylor, <laughs> yeah. were are like. Why did you? Why did you get your like haircut that way? You're the rock band, not like some sort of gay shit. And they're presented as correct. They no one has ever has to deal with their homophobia. It's never it challenged. is. It is. It's never challenged. It is implied that the way Freddie Mercury was it was behaving was inappropriate for a rock star. And no. And the only thing he did was he he fucked dudes and he did drugs. You know who else did drugs? Everyone in the eighties. Yeah, it was literally the eighties. It. It is a it is a morality play about punishing queerness with death. Freddie Mercury's HIV is presented as a punishment for his bad behavior. I just think that the movie got praise because Queen's music is so good. Because anytime it's yes. like yeah. cut and edited, so it's like transition, and we have like you know uh, a Queen song playing. You're like, oh, this is a good song. I love this song. This is a great song. And so you're like, it, it, it tricks you into thinking that, oh, this movie is good because I'm enjoying this music, right? But the, yes, Queen's music, fantastic. Freddie Mercury, one of the greatest singers of all time. But that doesn't mean that the movie is good. That doesn't mean that the movie is entertaining. I was just just gonna agree with you, Chandler. Like when the the montages uh, with like Queen's <laughs> background music, I'm like. All right, I guess I could like sit back and like scroll my phone for a second because I like this song. But then I would like glance up and I was like, what "The fuck is happening? Like, is there any story going on?" And then I was just back on my phone because this movie was boring. So well, boring. and it's also like such a like normy. Like, so I'm I'm a big Queen fan. I'm sure the audience will be shocked to know. <laughs> and. Um, like, there's a bunch of really good Queen songs, including songs that were written about Freddie Mercury's HIV diagnosis, mm-hmm. including one of the best ones called Who Wants to Live Forever, mm-hmm. which is him near the end of his life singing Who Wants to Live Forever. It's a great like, song. Like, fuck it. I'm going out. It's an amazing song. And, like, they, it's just like, it's like, literally, if you just get the Queen Greatest Hits CD, that's the soundtrack of the film. Yeah. There's no engagement with, like, does Fat Bottom Girls make any sense in this scene? It's just like, it's a hit, throw it in. And you're like, what? Like, they're pulling from different albums? Yeah. It's crazy. I also want to yes. address that, like, it felt very Glee-like for them to, like, be in yeah. a room and they were like, all right, what's our next song going to be? Oh, here, listen to this. All right, now you clap in the in the beat, in the pause. I, I just... Okay, I let's all do it. that. <laughs> I'm just it. fucking like, buddy, or one minute. And I was like, what is going on? Whoa. That's not how songs get writ- wrote, written. But it's just the, it's the only way well, that like, it's every single rock movie is like this. Any music movie is like this. Is like, that's just how songs just come about. Like Freddie Mercury leans back on the piano and plays it above and then comes up with the, the greatest riff of all time. Like, I, I'm sorry. No, that's just, no. Doesn't, that's just ridiculous. It's absurd. I'm going to re um, I'm going to go back to what we were saying earlier. Um, how just like Freddie Mercury in this film is just portrayed as like, just quote <laughs> the wrong type of gay. Which is, there is, there is no right type of gay, there is no wrong type of gay. Unless you're Brian Singer, in which case you are wrong. Yeah, sure, yes, correct. yeah. 
But I just feel like this movie would have been so much more interesting. And here is where, like, we can sort of bend the truth and play with history if all of these people, his producers, his managers, whatever, the ba- the fellow band members are like, why would you do that? Why would you cut your hair? Bah, bah, bah. And he would just kind of, like, stand up for himself. And, like, this is who I am. Like, even if, I don't know, but, like... Mm-hmm. Freddie Mercury is revered to be this, like, like we've been saying, a, qu- a queer icon, like, very 100%. much himself. But, like, now yeah. we saw behind the scenes that, like, that wasn't himself. Like, he was being pressured to change that. Like, I would have liked to see that complex, pro- like, thought process or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just was no, totally. so I boring. Think- I can't. I so can't. So about this. boring. Chandler and I were texting about this before the record, is that I think the only good scene in the movie is when Freddie Mercury is at the uh, HIV clinic, and he's walking out, he's like in disguise, baseball cap, whatever, and this other gay man waiting to get tested, vote, like s- essentially sings a, a bit of one of Freddie Mercury's songs back back to him. And that to me is like, and Chandler was like, that's super contrived. Yeah, it's terrible. Like in the film, it does not work at all. But that to me is like what the film should be, is that there is this interesting contradiction with you are the front man of the biggest rock band in the world. And still, you can just fuck, you know, one bad fuck, and you suddenly, you have an incurable disease, and you're gonna die. Yeah. And yeah. there's nothing you can fucking do. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that is, like, there's something so sort of, like, profound and tragic about that, of that, like, Freddie Mercury and, like, all queer people of that era were living in two worlds, where on one hand, you're this, like, incredibly, you know, rich and famous person, but on the other hand, like... You know, I'm sure he got the best HIV care there was, but like at that point, there essentially was none. And like, what he means to that community and how you are both part of a community, but then also removed from the community, is I think what the film should have been about. Yeah, I totally mm. would have loved to see like the the rest of the queer community like portrayed in a better light during this time, <laughs> or portrayed and like looking <laughs> up to Freddie Mercury as like this idol. I just I didn't get the sense that he was like all he was played up to be because he was just so mean and he was just so isolated and he was, and I'm sure he felt that way, but like, of course there's like how the famous person or artist is like feeling on the inside and how they feel inside their multi-million dollar mansion and then how they're portrayed on the outside and in the public. And I just feel like we didn't get enough of like the public's view on him, if that makes sense. Totally. But I also like don't know if there's any evidence that like he was a cold and like, you know, like, there's a famous story about Freddie Mercury where he was friends with Princess Diana, and she wanted to go out clubbing, but she couldn't because she was the princess, so they both went in drag and went out to gay clubs together in London. Like, wow, apparently really? that, like, Freddie Mercury, yeah, apparently Freddie Mercury was just, like, a good laugh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I haven't been able, like, I'm not a Freddie Mercury historian by any stretch of the imagination, but I've never heard any reports that he was, like, cold or isolated or withdrawn. I'm sure he certainly had his moments, as we all do, but it was, like, I think you're right, Claudia, is that it becomes, because they totally have, they have, there's no interest in portraying the queer community, that the moments that he becomes more engaged in that community, we only see it from the perspective of his straight bandmates who have lost him. Mm-hmm. And so then he needs to be saved from the from his community. When it seems like he's throwing these massive parties, he's having a good time, but it's portrayed as like tragic. It's like, look at him. He's wearing a crown and he's drinking and riding on someone's shoulders. And I was like, he just seems like he's having a good time, man. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem like, he doesn't seem like he's falling apart. In a way that, like, also, I was able to find no inf- no sources for Freddie Mercury having a drug problem. Hmm. Like, 
I, I could not, and you know, again, I did not do an exhaustive list. And if his bandmates say he did, I'm sure he did. But like, I was, I've been able to find nothing that he actually like had a drug problem outside of like, I'm sure he did drugs as rock stars in the 80s did. But, but yeah, he like, he wasn't a drug addict. What were his band members narcs and they weren't doing drugs in the 80s? The height yeah, of I mean, come on. drugs? Like that's just a part of it. And so I think, but that's another thing is I think about the rock thing is I just think that's just not interesting anymore. It's like, Oh, look, it's a rock star struggling with a drug problem. It's like, oh, wow. You mean everybody in every rock band and every rock movie in the 80s? Like, I don't care anymore. Like, oh, my gosh, Freddie Mercury did a lot of drugs and drank. Wow. Okay. So did everybody. Also, like, to get into his, like, the portrayal of his relationship with Mary, I was just looking up, I was just reading Freddie Mercury's Wikipedia page, which is the same level of research that the screenwriters <laughs> of this film did. Uh... But it's it seems as if, and this is what backs up what I've what I've read in other things is that he and Mary were like close to the like for the rest of his life she like nursed him as he was dying, yeah. And like you know I'm sure they had squabbles, but like this like it was portrayed as like the more he went into gay culture the more like she lost him and like that's not really the case. Yeah. As he lay dying, he wore a gold wedding band given to him by his lover. Um, because even though he wasn't allowed to get married, he wanted to die being married to his lover. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, these incredible, like, beautiful moments of, like, humanity and, yeah, like, that I? are just erased. And, like, the idea that, like, he f- met this fucking waiter at a party and then went and found him the day of life aid is just so, like, ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. A lot of the problems with the movie is that Rami Malek's portrayal of Freddie Mercury doesn't feel like a person. He doesn't feel like a human being. He just feels like a caricature of a mm. gay stereotype of a caricature. He, there's no humanity to him at all. It's just like this sort of basic, straightforward high school performance of a drug addict uh, rock star that it's that is gay. And so it just doesn't f- like I just don't like Freddie Mercury was more than that. I will say for me, the best part of this film was the you actress mean? who played Mary. I thought she did pretty good work. Yeah, she did. Like, I mean, she was fine, but, like, to me, she was the best part, and if that says anything about how I feel about this movie. Yeah. It may be just because I I like this performer, but uh, Tom Hollander as the, like, long-suffering good agent. Yeah. Um, The agent who's like, guys, what are we doing? It's just, like, very funny to me of the, like, the guy who's, like, not... Also, do you guys know the record executive who's like, you'll never sell one copy of No Bohemian Rhapsody. Do you know who plays that character? Is it um, Michael Myers? Mike Myers. Yes! Is it really? Yeah. Yes! Are you kidding? I I thought that as a joke. I said that as a joke to Cameron when we were watching it. I was like, this looks like Michael Myers in Austin Powers when he's in like a fake wig and and beard in Michael Myers. It's Mike Myers. Is that a joke? That's hysterical. Wait, so my, they've got Michael Myers to play himself as Austin Powers in, in, in like, Austin Powers' Goldfinger as this music producer? Yeah. Because that makeup looked horrible. I thought it was a joke. That makeup looked by order. It exists Weird. to make the audience feel smart. Where rather than actually asking, it just is like, huh, well, we know Bohemian Rhapsody's great, so look at these dumbass producers. So it's like, it's just there to make, like, it's like a feel-good movie in the worst possible way, where it's just making you feel smug. Yeah. It's like, huh, well, I know that these songs are good. And it's like, yeah, of course we all fucking know Bohemian Raps. We know We Will Rock You is a good song. And so it's just this, like, you know, huh, a wheel with spokes? Good luck selling that in this country, Mr. Ford. It's like that level of, like, yeah. you know? 
37 minutes into this record and we haven't said what this film was nominated slash won for. But one of those things that it won for was (laughs) film editing. And that scene is a disgrace to film editing. It's just too many cuts. It's far too long. It was overwhelming to watch in the worst way possible. And, like, maybe that's what they were trying to get me to feel. But, like, I just felt For what reason? I couldn't listen to the words. I couldn't, like, listen to what was happening because I was just so, like, taken aback by how jarring the editing was the editing is it's funny to that one editing because like i think the editing is uh real bad especially in the scene with the another one bites the dust when he's like in the gay club and there's like this like like faded imagery of like queerness like in and out of the shot it just looks like uh like a like a college student's like grad project for editing it's like ooh, i, I put like like faded shots in there because it's a music video for like my college like thesis project it's just such a fucking joke of a film like it like it's just it is like offensively made and the thing is that i don't think it would be that like if it was just a bad biopic whatever but it's a bad biopic directed by a pedophile right if it was just a bad biopic directed by a pedophile it would still be annoying but whatever but it's a bad biopic depicted by a pedophile that's all pedophile that's all about how it's freddie mercury's fault he died of aids if it was just a bad biopic directed by a pedophile that was about how it's freddie mercury's <laughs> fault he died of aids it would be annoying but fine but this is a bad biopic directed by a pedophile about how freddie mercury deserved to die of aids the one for oscars it's just like a fucking jo- i tweeted during the oscars that i am i was better at a community theater production of a christmas carol yeah. than freddie than rami malik is and it's true and i wasn't good in that production like it is, this is a college le- like if we were doing a college production of the life of freddie mercury the musical i would expect this level of performance and this level of makeup it is <laughs> ridiculous yeah. This is the UNCG production of Freddie Mercury, a story. Played yeah. by a college freshman. Oh, this, mo- this movie is an Oscar-winning film directed by a pedophile. For acting! For acting. I, 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 you can, and, and, I'm sorry, but you can YouTube, like, toddlers, like, <laughs> recreating uh, Freddie Mercury's Live Aid performance, and are you saying that that's Oscar-worthy? That this toddler, oh look, she's singing and dancing like uh, Freddie Mercury. Therefore, it's an Oscar performance. Like award every kid that's portraying Alexander Hamilton right now. Truly, it's just it's ridiculous. He's like not good, no. and he's like Actively his bad. portrayal of his uh, Freddie of Rami's Malik's of uh, not Rami of uh, Freddie Mercury's queerness is like real weird, offensive. I yeah. would say. I think I, I I would argue he is playing a, a, a gay stereotype, and I don't think I'm not comfortable with it. And this one man won a BAFTA, a Screen Actors Guild Award, and an Oscar. This man, like, ran the fucking table, won everything. It's just so deeply peculiar. Oh, the, like, why? Like, because there are so many... This movie was in development for years. Like, years and years and years. And it's like, is this the best draft of the screenplay you have? Like, <laughs> it's like... Like, like... Were you desperate? Like, was, like, Robin Wallach the only actor available? Yeah. <laughs> like... I... Because I agree with Chandler. He's, like, a fine actor. Yeah, he's fine. He's a good actor and stuff. He's just... Not, not in this. this. No, there's certainly offensive parts of this, and and like you have said, Ezra, the director is a pedophile, but that's, like you've said, not the worst part about this. I just wish it was entertaining. Like... <laughs> 
it's so yeah. long. It's two hours and fifteen minutes, and I'm telling you, the best uh, no part plot. was when the credits roll. The no plot. The best parts when the credits rolls, and then they start playing clips of clips of the real Freddie Mercury, and you're like, oh, the real Freddie Mercury is is hot and sexy and like is a fantastic <laughs> rock star. It's like an it's like an SNL caricature. It it's is. like if there was a sketch about Freddie Mercury on SNL, and Rami Malek was the guest host, and then he did that, but we gave him an, an Oscar. It's that's like the best way to describe it. It's a hundred percent that because Rami Malek does not have the stage presence that Freddie Mercury did, and it makes it's a no. disgrace to Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury was a or the charisma rock star, an icon, was one of the I, I would argue the greatest rock singer of all time. He was a I agree an, an icon and 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 and, and s- like stole the stage, and Rami Malek just doesn't do that, and it's just kind of no. boring to watch. And I shouldn't be bored watching Freddie Mercury. It's like I just don't care. I just don't care about this film. So I'm not as I'm not like actively upset. I mean, I'm actively upset. This show, this film is offensive. Uh, the the level of bio erasure in this film is absurd. But it's just so I'm so bored. I'm offended more that I'm so bored at this film that I had to sit through two Same. hours and fifteen minutes of boredom. To build off of that, Jen, I think you're exactly right. Is that I think that the reason it's so boring is that very very clearly this film was made for straight people. Like, very, very clearly. Mm. Yeah. And so I think it was very clearly for, like, the straight, white suburbanites who, like, like Queen, but Hollywood assumes doesn't want to deal with that gay shit. And so we're, tr- we're trying to tell the story of this incredibly sort of complex, fascinating queer icon, but without actually discussing it. So, like, this received a lot of criticism for, like, there was no gay sex, there was, like, really no gay intimacy at all. Right. Mm-mm. Um because they wanted to play overseas. And it's like, look, I get it. If you, this film made $903 million worldwide. I get it that if this had like graphic gay sex scenes in it, it probably wouldn't have made that much money. And I get that. If you don't want, if you want to make a big budget movie that appeals to everybody and doesn't challenge anybody, you can do that. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. But you can't make that movie about Freddie Mercury. Right. Because that's not the life Freddie Mercury had. And it is making, so you're exactly right. He just becomes boring, where he's just this like guy who like is a little bit flamboyant, but only on stage, only sometimes. Yeah. When like in real life, like Freddie Mercury like would punch his fist in the air, and you would feel as if like the revolution was starting. Like it wasn't like watching Freddie Mercury perform live, even now, 30, 40 years later, is incredible. Yes. Like would he? Yeah. When he moved, the air moved with him. I mean, he was a a rock star at every at every definition of that word Freddie Mercury was a rock star and I just don't get that from Remy Malik. and so you're, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot a lot of this movie that are these performance shots of them like performing as Queen like the like the 30 minute long live aid bit at the end that it just is not interesting and just because you've copied his movements doesn't mean that you've copied the essence of Freddie Mercury. It doesn't mean that you can move the air with you, that you can control an arena. Because I don't believe Remy Malek would have controlled that arena. Like, I don't believe it. The sort of general consensus when this movie came out was, yeah, it's a bad movie, but Rami Malek's really good and the, end it, the ending is really electric. It's not. And just to sort of engage with that for a second, no, it's not. Two, anything that's good about the ending is just because it's, doing a drag performance of a real thing that happened that you could just go watch. Yeah. And three, I will never be able to get over the absolute absurdity of Bob Geldof in the Live Aid offices. We're raising no money for Africa! 
Freddie Mercury walks on the stage. The phones start ringing I, up. This is the worst. Because raise the volume up. Like, like I don't what? know. I mean, and then like. Um, like three scenes before the Live Aid, or not even three, I don't know, but earlier in the film, they were like, Live Aid is like, you have to do this. Bowie's going to be there. Elton John. These yes. people. Like this bit. Like, Bob there's Dylan. no way that Just Queen got those sales no. to a million. Like, what? I, I'm sorry. I, what? And- I'm so glad you brought this up because I found that personally offensive as a big fan of rock and roll. Uh, every rock artist w- did Live Aid, and I got to tell you, Queen's amazing. I love Queen. Queen's one of the greatest rock artists of all time. But I'm sorry, you can't just you can't just yeah. assume that nobody was paying until Queen. There was Bob yeah, Dylan, that, Led Zeppelin. Every just rock artist ever was there, and you're telling me that the only Rizzo good one that ever performed was Queen? I was like, what? One last thing that I think this we should move on to, like. We should have won, which you'll be shocked by our answers. Um, but I think, but I think um, one last thing that I want to discuss is the sort of really on the like things that handles poorly. The relationship he has with his parents mm. is like the most stereotypical. Like he has immigrant parents and they don't support him, and in a way that like I don't know the nuances of the Freddie Mercury's relationship with his parents. But if you were trying to tell me that. Their son was the biggest rock star in the world, but they didn't care until he showed up and was like, Dad, I'm doing a good thing. I'm playing Live Aid. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? Uh, Yeah. I mean, he would have... I'm assuming that Freddie Mercury would have tossed his parents a million or so. I mean, they probably were living the fucking good life once he was Freddie Mercury. Well, and like, especially like to kind of transition us a little bit into the next section... Just sort of everyone kind of considers the second runner-up, I guess first runner-up, and the best actor that year was Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born, which is a movie that like some people like, some people don't, um, and there and people's I think mileage varies on Bradley Cooper's performance, but like I think it's really hard to argue that the like when Bradley Cooper plays Shallow, you're like oh this guy's a rock star yeah. yes like yes you know you can love that movie you can hate that movie you can think his performance is overly sort of mannered that's fine but like at the end of the day he's better than Rami Malek at the same thing that Rami Malek's trying to do if only because he actually fucking sings it yeah mm. mm. yeah Freddie Mercury won an Oscar for putting in fake teeth and lip syncing do you know who puts in fake teeth and lip syncing drag queens give every drag queen an Oscar <laughs> true one thing that I think we need to highlight, this isn't an Oscar, but the Screen Actors Guild Awards, which are like, before the Oscars, it's just the Actors mm-hmm. Union, nominated this film for first Best Actor, which it won. But also, Best Acting Ensemble. Because who can forget the gripping ensemble of actors? <laughs> you know, list them off. These iconic characters, like... Uh, Mary. Cricket, cricket. Jim... Uh, there was a guy named Miami. John. <laughs> what? Uh, there was Peter Baelish. And that's my argument: is that I think Bohemian Rhapsody is the worst film ever made. Not just because any of the individual elements, but like if it was a really, really well, if it had an amazing screenplay and the Rami Malek performance, it would be a bad movie. If it had an amazing central performance and that screenplay, it would be a bad movie. But every element of the film and every performance of the film is bad. Mm-hmm. The director's a pedophile. It won Best Actor and it was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. And it made $903 million. 
So it's every... They fuck up everything. Yeah. Everything is fucked up about this film. I hate it so much. But hey, Queen songs. But they didn't even put in the good Queen songs. Where was I one at all? Oh, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. And the Oscar goes to... All right, we're going to go ahead and transition into our segment called Should It Have Won? As Ezra said earlier, you're going to be shocked by our responses, but let's put um, it into context. We're going to list all of the nominations that this film somehow received and what it was up against, and we can offer our opinions on what we thought could have won instead of this movie. Here's the best film editing. The nominees are Vice, Green Book, The Favorite, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, which wins. Um, Claudia, have you seen The Favorite? No, but I know I have to. Yeah, this Chandler. beat The yeah. Favorite? Yeah. In multiple categories. Yeah. This beat The... F- this, that's fucking sexism. I was gonna say Black, Black Klansman, Klansman like you guys were saying. Ha- has great editing. Vice isn't a film I like very much, but the editing's very good. Uh-huh. It's just... Like anything else. This this did not deserve editing at all. It deserved nothing. Uh, but like the favorites editing, the editing is very was good. bad. Uh, next up is best sound mixing. Our nominees are A Star Is Born, Roma, First Man, Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, a couple things about A Star Is Born, uh, yes. Bohemian Rhapsody. Ugh. It won everything but best picture. <laughs> I hate this movie. I feel is like A Star Is Born should have won this. They did all their shit live. Yeah, they did all their shit live. Honestly, Black Panther or First Man or, for that matter, Roma, give it to any of the other ones. Yeah. I... Best sound editing. Uh, the nominees are Roma, A Quiet Place, First Man, Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, which wins. I'm sorry. Once again, literally no. any I'm of the I'm sorry. Other. This yep. was up against A Quiet Place? For best sound editing. Yeah. When A Quiet Place, like, is all about silence and, like, ah, uh, like, what? That, that I feel like that could have gotten yep. some because it did something fucking different the nominees for best actor in a leading role <laughs> are Viggo Mortensen for Green Book Willem Dafoe for Ed Eternity's Gate Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born Christian Bale for Vice and Rami Malek who wins for Bohemian Rhapsody look Viggo Mortensen is jack shit terrible in Green Book it's one of the worst performances I've ever seen an actor give Viggo Mortensen has zero Academy Awards and Rami Malek has one and that's a hate crime Willem Dafoe has zero Academy Awards and Rami Malek has one. Bradley Cooper has zero Academy Awards and, Bradley, and Rami Malek has one. So Rami Malek has more Academy Awards than Willem Dafoe. That's crazy. I love him. That's absurd. And finally. And finally. Best picture. I need a drink. Uh, the nominees for Best Picture are Vice, A Star Is Born, Roma, The Favorite, Bohemian Rhapsody. Black Klansman, Black Panther, and Green Book, which wins. Green Book won? I haven't seen Green Book, <laughs> yeah, but I hear it's bad. Uh, it's real bad. It's real, real bad. This is a bad year for movies, I feel like. Except it's a really good year for movies. They just didn't nominate any of the good ones. Sure. Um, there were two movies this year that I saw three times in theaters within a week. The Favorite. And Vox Lux. So, no, it shouldn't have won Best Picture. No. Give it to the it fucking didn't. Favorite. What are we doing? Uh, should it have been nominated? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> Should have been made. No. All right, no. friends, what have we been watching this week other than this piece of shit film? Can't you shut up? I'm busy. Boy, what a great show. I just started, I, Cameron and I just watched the movie Good Boys last night. 
which is 10 a, out of 10. Which is a raunchy comedy about young boys in sixth grade. Um, and I got to tell you, really shockingly good movie. It's so good. Shockingly it's incredible so good. movie. Straight of a masterpiece. I love that movie. Claudia, what have you been watching? So as we record this, it is Tuesday, and my husband, David, and I got a new dog on Saturday. So we haven't been doing much watching of television, but when we need uh, just something to watch to decompress our minds when the dogs are finally napping, um, we watched. We started watching Unwell, that uh, like docu series on Netflix that sort of like debunks a bunch of like Jesus. Uh, like quote unquote like fad things. Like the first episode is all about essential oils. There's a whole episode about like breast milk and how there are adults out there that like buy breast milk and that's genuinely disgusting. Like for yeah. bodybuilding purposes, there's a whole episode yeah. on tantric sex. It's very fascinating. Um, I've been enjoying it. It's just it's it's not mindless because you are learning stuff, but it's just an easy watch. So I would totally recommend it. Um, the highbrow thing I've been watching is I've been working my way through the films of Mike Lee, who's this amazing British director. Um, who all of his movies are improvised, and so they're incredibly sort of like Ooh. realistic portrayals of. Um, human beings going through like very important emotional things. Um, he made one called Another Year that's just like next level great. Um, so that's like the highbrow thing I've been watching. Uh, the lowbrow thing I've been watching is I've begun watching uh, Hell's Kitchen again uh, because I've been deeply depressed and cooking shows help me. Um, so yeah, I've been kind of alternating between the highbrow and the lowbrow. All right, everyone, that's what all we have for you today. If you like this episode, <laughs> the episode, not the movie, be sure to um, follow us and subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening on. Follow us on Instagram at htbn.podcast and stay up to date when we're posting new episodes. And we will talk to you all very soon next Friday with another episode. Bye. Bye. Woo. Bye. Bye.